When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're rolling, but we can we can start whenever you want to start. Let's start now. Okay, great. Uh, You know, we'll start. We'll edit that out, and then we'll start. (laughs) I can't tell with you sometimes because you're so naturally funny that, like, even that, I'm like, is that like a physical? Like when you were a kid, where you strike me as the type of kid that was like, and I was this way too, do most anything if it was gonna get the laugh, like. You're 100% right. Uh, that was it's my all, new... It's all that mattered then. It's all that matters now. <laughs> you I know wish what? I was kidding. Yeah. I, wish, I, wish, I wish I valued things the way I valued getting a laugh. I don't. I know, dude. Nothing. It's all that matters. Uh, hug that mic a little bit more. Yo, Just because we want to hear your pipes. Yo, what up, bro? Do you ever... People... Well, that was unexpectedly hot. What, me talking... Yo, what up, little... girl? It's more because it's right in your... Oh, you're not wearing the cans. Nah. Do I have to wear them? Only if you want to. I'm done. <laughs> you sound like Oz the Great and Powerful in this fucking thing. I'm not giving you that much. I'm not giving you that much power over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, uh, we. So just to give the listeners a little bit of uh, backstory, a bit of background. I, I think we knew each other from stand up, right? So you were doing it. Well, first so of all, I, actually, let me stop there. Yeah, yeah. We met first on a cruise ship. 20 years ago and both were fighting over that shirt and this shirt our arms crossed our hands touched and i said which one do you want and you said whichever one you, don't, one want. you don't want yeah. and i was like this guy is a good guy we both left our dates right met up for pizza karaoke stayed up till i think it was like six it, well the sun came up so it was at least five watch that girl shove that guy off the lido deck yep uh filled out a couple papers witness to a murder hey will you do my podcast in 10 years we didn't use the m word we didn't use the m word remember <laughs> we're like we're like whatever we say can and will be used do you ever think about if you see something like that what you would do if is i it, saw a murder yeah is it r- oh i get i get i get uh, <laughs> is I, this I, a comedy podcast <laughs> listen I um I uh have a lot of questions. I mean I've 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 witnessed a couple of murders. It's usually Jesus. just but it's usually just when like uh when somebody tries to talk shit about me and then I come back and I just gotta murk them, you know what I mean? Gotcha. Oh, so a verbal murder. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to sound tough. I I've never witnessed murder. You know, I am a weird I'm a weirdo though where I um I get involved in altercations in public all the time. You do you really? All the time. So when I lived in Chicago when I was doing stand up and improv at IO Theater. Yep. Um, there was, uh, there was like an altercation where, um, 
this this guy was like talking. Sh- this white guy was talking shit to a black guy, and he Classic. used he used the N word. I mean, just so 1994. <laughs> he used the he used the N word, and uh, and uh, then all these all these other black guys and even women started crowding around, and they were about to beat this guy's ass. And I kind of just got in the middle of it and said, like, I was like, I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because people were getting their cell phone cameras out. It's just one of these things yeah, where, like, that people so want now. this guy to get murdered. Yep. Which I get it. He looked like a dumb white kid from Iowa who's like, I went to Chicago one summer, you know. But I just told him, I was like, you don't want to do this. And I, I said to the guy, I go, get out of here. I go, and I just broke it up. And then the guy was like, hey, man. And I go, I just saved your life. Get the fuck out of here. And, uh, and I just randomly quoted Goodfellas because I was so scared. <laughs> and I said, get your fucking shine box and get the fuck out of here. No way. And his buddy grabbed him and they walked away. But I'll, then I had like nine black people staring at me like, like kind of like. Yo, you win. Not, no, they, they, they were kind of looking at me like they're frustrated that they didn't get any justice from that moment. Oh, but then as we got back. Almost on, like you saved the white guy. Yeah, even though that wasn't the intent. I was really yeah. trying to save everybody because I knew it was an avoidable circumstance. So yep. I just. As we were getting back on the bus, I always was the last one to get on. I would always wait for everybody, and I would get on last. And as I'm waiting, like, three of the dudes looked at me and went, and, like, patted me on the shoulder and got on. Like, it was a a weird unspoken thing. Yeah. But, like, women who've been, like, verbally accosted on, like, L.A. transit systems, like, subways. Dude, I I almost beat this dude's ass one time because he just kept saying uh, racial slurs to this really tiny Asian woman. Oh, my God. And I just said to the kid, I was like, press the button. See if I don't like playing movie in real life. Cause I'll fucking eat you, dude. Dude, not only and, are you uh, coming with like the appropriate amount of like, you know, uh, vigilante type attitude, but you also are saying the right cool things. Like that's what every guy dreams occasion. of is in the moment to <laughs> be occasion. like, yeah. you know, I fight fires without a condom, you know, and then just punch <laughs> some guy in his dick, you know. And I'm not listen. I'm not one of those dudes who's like, oh god, it's Tuesday, I gotta fight. Like I'm not one of these weird guys, but like yeah. I. I mean, I'm a weird guy, but I just mean, I I don't like bullying. Yeah. And if I see it in real life, including on a movie set, I've been on sets where like Whoa. somebody shows up and they're like, I'm a producer. And I'm like, really? You haven't done much. And, uh, and then they kind of try to act cool. And I'm like, keep blowing up balloons. I'm going to pop all of them. Not because I hate you, but because you're not getting away with being a douchebag. See, that's what I'm talking about. Keep blowing up balloons because I'm going to pop them. Do you say that to them, or is that just in your head? (laughs) That's me talking to my good buddy, Adam Ray. (laughs) What if it turns out, like, these are all things you learned from, like, Clint Eastwood, and and you were just like, do you mind? Keep blowing up those balloons. I'm going to pop them. And you're just like, do you mind if I use that on a subway fight? (laughs) Dude, keep blowing up those balloons. I'm going to pop them. Like, if Eastwood was the the old guy in the Pixar movie Up. Oh, he was the voice of the the guy who so was good. trying to take down the old man. Uh, I don't really miss my wife that much. <laughs> That's a different don't movie. Let the first five minutes to see you. <laughs> That's a different movie if Clint Eastwood is the voice instead of Ed As uh, Ed Asner. Oh, God. Ed Asner or Ernest Borgnine? No, it was Ed Asner. I think Ernie was dead by then. Okay. Rest his, rest his soul. I think that was Ed. Yeah, that was Ed. Do you? Uh, is that a part of the business that? Uh, that you're just wanting to tackle next what uh animation it's so weird you even said that i just had somebody hit me up and offer. well we talked about it oh yeah that that's text. right i had somebody offer me a role in this uh very alternative comedy uh animated feature and uh and i read it and it was it was funny but um but i i never get offered animated stuff it's gonna it's know. yeah it's gonna start popping 
I would like to, though. It looks fun. It looks easy. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, just, uh, it's also you, what, you know, you'll find is that, like, there's so, you get so into it, like, you really, if you act, it's even that much easier because, like, it, it truly helps to kind of. To break into the Yeah, just like more, it, yeah. it, it uh, you can tell in, like, cartoons you watch where you're like, oh, that guy's just reading some lines oh, with yeah. kind of an emotion and, and they, I don't know, or just try, or it's a kid show where they don't need the uh, acting chops to be that. It's it's a big savvy. difference between Archer and Aladdin. You know, Archer, you can show up and just play it straight and yeah. be like one of these characters in a suit. Yeah. But then like Aladdin, you see the footage of Robin, and he's so animated. He's going nuts, and it's like, dude, that you need to give it that kind of life. Yeah. Externally, or it doesn't come out the same way. Like I don't remember critiquing cartoon acting like the skit the acting skills of cartoon voices as a kid but like we would have been right. able to tell if like launchpad mcquack just didn't bring it launchpad McQuack. if you were like do you really want to find the treasure because i don't feel it man yeah as no, like that a nine-year-old totally kid by the way I, you almost sounded like uh <laughs> you almost sounded like when marin does that one voice where he's like yeah man <laughs> went to a party man there weren't <laughs> enough drugs man yeah so i went well, to the fridge and got some ice cream you know so anyway, I uh, anyway the world's it's getting dark out there. It's getting dark out there. Today's sponsored by. <laughs> there's always like a beat, a yeah. sad beat when diarrhea pizza. Right? Sp- what's what's one of his sponsors? <laughs> Isn't it like shit your pants? Coffee. Me undies was one for a Me while. Me undies, yeah. That's a big one. You're uh, is there when you? All right, take me back. Take the, me the, back to the, the cruise ship twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah. By the way, not far off. That's and by the way, there is a an action comedy. That's waiting to be written where you and I do meet on a cruise ship. I don't know what it is, but in, as soon as I said that jokingly, I was like, something about us both That's being like thing. recently divorced and on there and meeting and like needing each other. Yes. Any sort of good buddy movie, I feel like the two people like somehow unexpectedly need, lean on each other. Even though I mean, planes, trains, pain, automobiles. Yeah, it's like when pain is a commonality, it's a different type of bond. Right? Yeah. yeah. And on a cruise ship, that's just such a funny, especially going yeah, solo yeah. on one as a recently divorced dude. I, th- I think it should be like some diehard shit. That's what I'm saying. It's like two different cops who have both been emasculated in different ways end up on the same cruise. One One's wife is cheating on him, the other one alone. They end up hanging out and buddying up, and then terrorist attack happens. Then we on the we ship. have to thwart it, if you will. Yeah, dude, great to word. Thwart it. And I know what that means, but for our listeners, what does that mean? Well, it's like when it's like when Thart has a when you put a W in Thart. <laughs> we'll be right back. We'll be right back. <laughs> Today's sponsor: <laughs> me staying sober. Today's sponsor: yeah. nicotine lozenges. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We no, we met back in the stand-up. But here's the thing: is I I started doing stand-up when we I was put 16. Put the mic down just a little bit more. Is What's it that? covering his face at all in his close-up? Oh, no. I don't, sorry. No, it's all maybe. Yeah, maybe just a little bit, just so we can see your full mouth. <laughs> and I'm gonna isolate Hi. that audio. I think I know how many it. emails we got about wanting a full mouth shot. See, of me. yeah, I think so. like like right down just a little bit lower in front of your face. Is it more? Yeah. Right. How's this? Yeah. Hey, yeah, test, that looks good. Test. Yeah, that looks good. Test. Yeah, Trish Stratus, Bull Buchanan. Test. Ooh, sorry, you have a pulling a warm up. I'm doing late, late '90s, early 2000s WWE mid carders, which we got to talk about at some point. I know you play Vince. Yes, we'll Is put this a pin permissible in that. or no? Yeah, please, wanna, you can do okay. whatever. So we, I started. Today's sponsor is brought to you by Meth Mints. Raw Garden. <laughs> For is it people really? who can't handle their lives. <laughs> um, no, it is. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, when reality becomes too much. 
when you just don't want to look out the window. Um, I started doing stand-up in 2003, 2004, and I, you and I were friends on MySpace. Yeah. And Wow. And it was like one of these things where I just befriended a bunch of comedians and mm-hmm. people I liked and kept in touch. And the move was always going to be, I'm going to move to LA or New York and do stand-up and get on SNL. That was the dream. When, so, you, were, when you were starting from how old? I was like 16. Yeah. yeah. Well, even earlier, like 14, 13, 14, I became obsessed with Christopher Guest mockumentaries, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And, uh, and that was kind of the goal, was trying to do that kind of thing. Sandler, male, Jim Carrey, right? Yeah, be a male Parker Posey for somebody, you know? Awesome, like, dude. Because she's so gutsy and, and great, you yep. know? And that was my thing, is I, I didn't... I, I never thought I'd be, like, get, getting to star in a Clint Eastwood movie or whatever and that, that shit. I was never... To me, it was like, can I be... David Keckner, because that looks fun. Yeah. Can I be Parker Posey? Because yep. that looks fun. You know? <clears throat> That's actually really smart of you to kind of make that the goal, right? And I, I think, I don't know, I would be uh, I would be curious, like, how many people do come out here with that true, like, I'm going to be the next Kevin Hart. I'm going to be the next, you know what I'm saying, right. Jennifer Aniston. Like, are they what? realistic or are they completely yeah. deluded, you know? Because you do need that delusion coming out here. and But yeah. even for you, like, dreaming that big, but maybe that's just more attainable right because you're like and i don't know if that hurts or helps you to kind of like manage expectations but like i don't know i mean i think it's good to have a middle ground thing i think the people <laughs> i don't want to like i don't want to like talk shit about people for having dreams i want people to dream as big as they want to dream but i also think there are some people who i've spoken to and met throughout the years where i've gone you don't need to reach the summit summit. Totally. That's that's a summit. Totally. You don't have to keep climbing, man. Yeah. You know, there's been a couple people like that. Yep. It uh is it uh, you're so far removed from it in Saginaw, Michigan, right? Saginaw, Michigan, yeah. Are you do you have any ties to the business when you're out there? Like what is your are you truly deciding <laughs> when you move out here you're going to be like, "Wow, I know nobody?" Yeah, I mean Except for my MySpace friends. Except you hit up Tom. Stalking on Tom, man, you mind if I crash with you? He's like, I'm not a real guy. I go, t- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a, I'm just a picture. I'm something that was created to control <laughs> you. I go, it's working, Tommy, baby. Tommy, meet, baby. meet me for <laughs> mid, midday drinks. I, yeah. I uh, was planning on moving to LA without knowing anybody, but I, um, I was just really, um, what's the word? I was, I was really ambitious. So what I did was. I was in a sketch comedy troupe at the time called First Hour Movies, me and three other guys from my hometown. And we would send our videos to SNL mm. and Adam McKay and David Wayne and all these people. We would just send DVDs to their production companies or their reps or whoever. Wow. And uh, and I hunted down this company, Principato Young. Yep. And they were repping, at the time, what was a new thing called an internet comedian. And we were doing comedy for YouTube and Funny or Die in its infancy. And we were like, let's send them our stuff. And I I, IMDB proed their staff list. Yep. And then I MySpaced all the names and like added them and started sending them query letters of like, this is who I am. This is what I do. Will you look at my stuff? And one guy got back to me. His name was Joel Zadak. Yeah. And Joel. A big player there. Yeah. Big player now. And he repped me for 10 and a half years. Holy shit. Until I left the company. Um and he really helped me get my start in the sense of he introduced me to Key and Peel and Brian Husky and all these great funny people and I started writing screenplays for all these guys and Mad TV got canceled so overnight he had four clients who didn't have a job and he's like do you want to develop and we'll try and get a movie made so that was kind of my entry into the business was mm. him but then I ended up doing stand up and improv and writing screenplays and then also uh 
I booked a movie with Jennifer Connelly and Ed Harris in Vir- 2009. Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. And that was a really big thing, not because the movie was big, but because my entry into the business was making 10 grand for like 10 days of work. Holy shit. And working with Oscar winners and shit and, and moving to LA with like actual money in my pocket. And a oh, so you booked that while you're still in Saginaw? Yeah. Holy I shit. I went to be a background actor and I saw the writer director, Lance Black, who won the Oscar <laughs> for Milk. Right. Like six months prior. And I said to him, I was like, dude. Congrats on the movie. I love the film. I, I'm I'm a I'm a big Jesus guy and uh when you said God doesn't hate gay people in your speech, I thought that was so that. beautiful and yeah. necessary. Yeah. So I just want to say thanks for the movie and the speech and uh and yeah, I hope I get to be on your set or whatever. I was a background actor, forty five seconds and then I was ready to walk away. Oh, so you were already working on Oh no, no no, I was uh, signing up to be a background actor. I waited in line like three hours to be a background actor on the movie. Wow. And I just spoke to him because nobody even knew who the hell he was. I, I followed the business like a psycho. It's cool to have that uh, set of goggles on where you because a guy like that yeah. isn't getting stopped by people because he's not in front of the camera uh, as right. much as other people. So to get stopped is probably also already throwing him off guard. And then to have somebody say be, something genuine. Yeah. yeah. And I kept it brief. I mean, I kept it under Good a minute move. and was like ready to walk away. And he goes, what's your name? And. I told him, and he wrote my name down, and he said, there might be a part for you. And I had two auditions, a cattle call with me and a bunch of random dudes who hadn't even done high school theater, like, for real. Like it was, it was, like, dudes dudes who, like, not bad dudes, but just, like, not movie dudes. Yeah. Like, dudes who watched NASCAR and, like, hadn't been in a spelling bee ever. <laughs> yeah. And then me, who I'm, like, I can quote every line in A Few Good Men. <laughs> Can you really? And I can do impressions of these 17 people. You know, I was like that kid, you know. What's your favorite line in A Few Good Men? If you're oh, dressing up as Tom Cruise for Halloween this year from A Few Good Men. Which I was already what, planning on. What's, <laughs> all right, Demi Moore. If you're going to dress uh, up as Demi from Top Gun or A Few Good Men. A Few Good Men. Um, what are you going to say? What's your line when you enter the party? So t- Tom Cruise yeah. has that bit where he gets mad because they're trying to simplify a complicated situation. He's drunk as shit late in the second act. Right. And Tom goes, yes, yes, we get it from him. Yes, we get it from him. Colonel Jessup, isn't it true that you ordered the code red on Santiago? Eh, I'm sorry, your time's run out, but what do we have for the losers, Judge? Well, for our defendants, it's an exotic lifetime at Fort Leavenworth. And for defense counsel, Caffey, that's right, it's a court-martial. Yes, Johnny, after falsely accusing a highly decorated Marine officer of conspiracy and perjury, Lieutenant Caffey will have a long and prosperous career teaching typewriter maintenance at the Rocco Club of School for Women. Thank you for playing Should We or Should We Not Follow the Advice of the Galactically Stupid. And then he throws all the papers off the table. Wow. Um, wow. And, uh, wow. and a little misogynistic, the Rockwell Club of School for Women. I don't know if that would stay now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Holy shit. You just have an amazing ability to track that stuff, yeah? Always have? Yeah, and it's repetition, too. It's not so much a talent as it is a, uh, yeah. a learned skill. I totally. Think. Yeah. I was the same I'd way. Like to, I'd like to say it was a talent, but it's- Just to hear it, it and hours, absorb it. Yeah, yeah I- uh, yeah used to do that with Ace Ventura dialogue. Oh, dude, that movie's so underrated. Is there man. a bowling alley upstairs? What the fuck is that? I don't know. I, do believe, know what it, that I is? believe a demon is having a water birth <laughs> from the sounds of it. I mean, A lot can of you hot splashing up there. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, we're good. Great, we're good. We're good. Look at that billboard of Britney Spears right behind you. Any take uh, it or thoughts? freedom. And it's her putting two-piece on Just flashing her boobies. I, you know what? I'm really happy. On Instagram, you haven't seen that? She posted all these like, see, these are the kind of provocative. Tell me about uh, provocative nudes. Maybe not nudes, but just 
her, I think she was covering him, being like, I'm free now. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, when I think about it, if I get, just got out of a conservat- uh, conservative You said it right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> if I just got freed from my dad, uh, I'd probably be posting a picture with Something my like hand. Something a Mennonite. <laughs> with my my father finally freed me. I'd like to try one of these bars. <laughs> I'd probably post a, my hands covering my ball shot on the gram. <laughs> Just to be like, take that, Dad. I'm out on my own. I can go to yeah. the Mac store and you know Applebee's and without. Pressure. A... That's just a Wednesday, right? That's just a, That's Wednesday, just a Wednesday, man. Wednesday. Shirt off, just to he's build the brand. He's been free, but he's just gonna <laughs> take that photo. Any take on that? Do you follow that type of topical news? What? Uh, a little bit, not as much as I used to. I used to follow everything. All the pop I, gossip. The the possip, as we called it, um, in my group. Dear, what is that? Are you? Do you want to give a shit? You want to you want to give a check? It sounds like if curdled milk could speak. <laughs> it's very it's very dynamic. What if there was some sort of like crazy kidnapping? What if that's where Brian Laundry is right now? Oh, that's the guy who. Yeah, that's the guy that's on the run. Oh man, that's another story. That's another story. Are there any good stories? I guess Britney's is good. Britney's is great. Showing some flesh. She's, yeah, she's not scared anymore. No, I mean, that's she. Great. There is a. I know the the stories that are always like they get the. Uh, By the way, can we give gay men credit for Britney being free? How many gay men like fought yeah. tooth and nail day? And I'm not making a joke right now. I'm no. dead serious. Yeah, that's who so led the charge. So many gay men rallied around her and like made a thing of it, and like from viral videos to literal folded hand prayers. Like, yeah, it's pretty cool to see 1, to see a big group of people help somebody like that. It's the true uh, blessing, and I. I only think there's a handful of social media where it's like mm. that type of uh yeah. or somebody's missing like the yeah. thing you talked about and everybody's like how do we play a part yeah. in this and it's not a ego thing it's everyone's trying to help you what know? was your first big social media kind of experience where you felt like i don't know if it was from a film um you know where you felt like oh wow i'm having people that I've never met or just a- an exuberant amount of like strangers coming at you oh like attention yeah yeah, yeah. Um, just whether it's Twitter, Facebook, the gram, just getting a lot of messages or like, man, good job, I just saw this. And like, where you're like, wow, I'm getting. Yeah, Richard Jewell was yeah. maybe the first real, because all the other ones that people didn't know I was an actor till Richard Jewell. Everybody like thought I was the guy I played for like two years. Are you serious? Dude, like people from like 2015, 2014 to like 2018 would come up and be like, Dale, why'd you do it? Hey, man. <laughs> for real? You know, they, they would They would just like, Come up to me and act weird where they're like, like somebody told me one time, they go, yeah, my friend, my friend, a friend of mine uh, thought you actually had Down syndrome. They watched you on Kingdom. And I was like, for one, I never portrayed someone with Down syndrome. <laughs> like it, it was a very the weird, fuck? like they were almost trying to like compliment me for being a good actor, but it came out really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, tight. I, it's That's not Thanks, a problem man. with me that they yeah. thought that. Yeah. It's just weird that they thought <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, and and then you know people would give me weird looks in airports, mm. but you got to remember, I Tanya and Black Klansman and Kingdom, they were all not the most put together guys. So like people wouldn't people would recognize me, but they wouldn't even know what from, and then they would be kind of put off. Like I feel like you made me feel bad in the past. You know what I mean? They couldn't even track it. You're just your face not gave them Richard Jewell and Cobra Kai. Wow, about two years ago maybe. Yeah, Richard Jewell was you were phenomenal in that. It was Thanks, so man. good, dude. I've watched it like 10 times, it's no good, joke. It's a good movie. It's a great it's, movie. It's, I mean, it's not his best movie, but it's definitely a good one. I'm really proud of it. You yeah. should be. It's also like, I 
you know, I don't know where you fall with like movies that are like based on true stories, but it's like it's I feel like they it's easier said than done just to be like, cool, we got all the facts. Now it's time to kind of execute like yeah. there's a handful that have missed a boat, you know, um, and so, boat trip good, with Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr. That was based on oh, a true story. Oh, Horatio. Yeah. 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 Based Russell on true- Sanchez, I think. Oh, I'm joking. No, no, no. That was based on a true story. No boat trip. Yeah. Oh, dude, you don't even know. Liquid death is really good. <laughs> Dude, you're a good actor. I'm just a dick. <laughs> and I do this to my loved ones, and now they're just Me like, boy, t- you cried wolf. Dude, I used to do we that. I don't I'm- even like you anymore. Are you? <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Talkspace. Guys, everyone is scared of something, okay? And whether that thing is spiders or Tom Selleck, we are often uh, not going out of our way to seek help about our mental health, okay? Whether that's the fear of opening up to a stranger or the thought of friends and family judging you, I've felt it, we've all felt it, being treated differently sucks. Well, meeting with a therapist to work on your mental health is just as as helpful as hiring a personal trainer to work on your physical health, and the positive impact can be life-changing. Guys, I want to talk to you about Talkspace. They make it possible for you to speak with a licensed therapist right from your phone, tablet, or computer. And unlike traditional therapy, you can message your therapist anytime via text, video, or voice. It's 100% secure and stigma-free the way therapy should be. At Talkspace, your privacy and security are their number one priority. The app puts you in a private room with just you and your therapist. You can send messages 24-7, get replies throughout the day. No need to wait for a weekly appointment. Talkspace's encryption and added security features keep your conversation fully protected. Now, whether you struggle with anxiety, depression, self-doubt, or anything else, and I've dealt with all three throughout my life, I think most people have. It's a common uh trait amongst people facing the obstacles in your life are not easy and you don't win a prize for doing it alone Talkspace gives you the access that you need to move forward getting professional help it's not weird it's smart because you or your friend might know a thing or two about electricity but you wouldn't let them rewire your fucking house would you no so don't leave your mental health to chance or to the amateur who's looking to give advice or that friend who just thinks he knows what the fuck he's talking about because he probably doesn't and has his own shit to talk through. So talk to someone who's trained to help you make that lasting piece of progress that you're looking to make so that your life can start being better. Join Talkspace today and start moving forward with a single message. Just visit Talkspace.com and get 100 bucks off your first month when you use the promo code last night. That's Talkspace.com, promo code last night, and get 100 bucks off your first month. When you sign up, that's a hundred bucks off at Talkspace.com promo code last night. Put yourself in a safe space with Talkspace. Are you gullible? Uh, yeah, yeah, it depends. Okay. I'm so gullible with like people in need of money and women. I like, I'm gotcha. always like, here's all my money and yep. my heart. Yep. And then a week later I'm like, oh, there's no God. It's <laughs> <laughs> like when I light everything on fire. I, I Other was... than that, I'm not very gullible. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite? No. Uh, when I was a kid, I was so gullible that to get back at my buddies that would like pull shit off on me, I'd yeah. start trying. That's probably where I started to develop any sort of acting chops. I would just commit to, I'd go back to, you know, I've said on the pod before, a kid came up to me and told me that my folks got back together because his mom. Uh, had been talking to my mom about them splitting up. So then he came and was like, I heard your folks got back together as like a joke, but yeah. I believed him. So then after I found out it wasn't true, I made it like this mission to like fuck with him where I'd be like, you know, I just. Uh, he said, I heard your folks got back together. Yeah. What a crazy thing to say on the on the playground. You're like, dude, we're talking about like farts and like a new fruit roll up flavor. He's like, I hear uh, <laughs> I hear your neighbor, Kathy. I hear she's a. Uh... 
Here she's got a fuck swing. <laughs> You're like Jeremy. One of those please. dildo chairs, huh? <laughs> like, Jeremy. It's always about? Jeremy. Um, but yeah, the uh, the Richard Jewell um, fanfare, I feel like, that came from that was like well well received. But it was like, I went back then after and I was like, oh yeah, man. They got everything right. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And that's like... I guess just my point, like, I don't feel like that always happens. No, they sometimes got most you, of it right. Yeah, 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 you can be lazy with sometimes some of that. Or Hollywood okay. fabricates certain details, but it was, like, also the way it happened and the things that they chose, the Clint Eastwood chose to, like, focus on, like, the story and how much, you know, um, what was his uh, mom's name? Bobby? Bobby Jewel, yeah. Yeah, like, that was a really uh, cool part of it, just how kind of close they were and how... Um, it's an honest depiction of mother and son. You totally. don't see it on screen that I didn't much. expect that yeah. much of it to be in there, you know? It's kind of like uh, Christian Bale and uh, Melissa Leo in The Fighter. They have so totally. many good little moments where you understand their relationship within one page. Yeah. And I think Richard and his mom were given that via Billy Ray, who wrote a terrific screenplay. By the way, great last name. Billy Ray. Great. Yeah. Great last name. Great last name. I don't know about a first name. And that's no fucking... Yeah, like an Alex or an Andrew or like an... Uh... Billy Ray Cyrus is what I was thinking. Oh, hold on, let me look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, with the glasses. It's called an air... It's like an air mobile device. <laughs> Adam. There it is. Big I... fan, by the way. Big fan. <laughs> you just reminded me real quick that you just doing that triggered me with the glasses. I, there was a guy on my flight about... Six weeks ago, looking at porn uh, on the phone, scrolling. Bad form, by the way, for those watching, listening. Bad form. Yeah, you can't. Also, it was video with no headphones. Hmm. And finally, I'd say about after like twenty minutes, no, wait, a flight attendant said, "No headphones." Yeah, no headphones. But it was like just I was just one row behind him. This was for a class. Everybody just class. thought, "Wow, what is this really interesting movie about a stepson and a?" Well, that's the thing when you see. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The backstory on this is it's really thorough. Thriller. Uh, yeah, some exotic thriller. But it was like, because there was like a good amount of dialogue, and it wasn't just all like, uh, uh, you know, fuck my butt, you know, or just you know, yeah. fuck, you know. Split. That sounds kind of lazy, by the way. That sounds like a trauma movie. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what fucking porn that was. Where is? Oh, uh, fuck my butt. Where's John Ridley when Cut. you need him? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no one's gonna believe that, Daphne. Daphne. Fuck my butt. Was that the line? Uh, put some respect on the name Daphne. Why do you have to do that? They have it hard enough. And then he just started swiping. And then the um. Yep. And then uh, somebody. What a creep. Yeah. What a creep. I would. I would have. I would have went up to him immediately. And that goes with my confrontation kick. Oh like, really? I would have been kids like, on this plane. Oh, I would have said there's adults on this plane. Yeah. I'm trying to watch the Kurt Russell movie where he's Santa on Netflix. <laughs> I don't need to hear these people banging. I don't need to hear fuck my shot. butt from Daphne. Yeah, no. I'm trying to see if this kid uh, is going to, you know, go to school and not feel bad about himself being uh, coached by Owen Wilson. I mean, at That's least... the film Wonder. <laughs> I cried to that like a bitch. That was a, yeah, I cried too. It was a really sweet movie. I like that kid, Dude, Jacob kid Tremblay. Had... Yeah, He's what great. a great actor. He's and good like... in everything. Do you see him in the Good Boys movie? Where the kids are like having no. a naughty Ferris Bueller type day? No. Good Boys? Oh, wait, I did see that. It's so good. The kid's in it? He's so a part funny. of the gang? He's like the leader of the trio of kids. But he didn't have the wonder face. No. Wonder that face. That was makeup. He was struck with uh, in a makeup chair. Hollywood. 90 dude. minutes every day. I just burped into the mic. I was trying to let it go. And then I'm like, my new thing is calling all my shit out. Oh, yeah? Because like, I don't like to try to get away with anything because there's that fear that you're not getting away with it. 
So now I'm just like, let me call myself on everything, and then no one can assail me. Do you burp in public? Uh, Not really. I do pick my nose a little bit. When's the last fart you did in public and got called out for? To where it was like embarrassing, you know, like those elementary school silent reading. I mean, listen, I kind of have my fart game down now. (laughs) Now it's just kind of like... Now it's just kind of like... I know I know how to play it. Yeah. So I do the thing where I'm like, shit, I gotta take this call. Then I walk like 15 feet away. I rip ass and I pretend that I got a role in a big movie. Oh, I so walk you, back. Wait, so you scream over the fart? That's yeah. a classic dude move. So you go, hello. So you're still holding on to it. Hello. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember going in for that. One, two, three. You I gotta got be it. kidding me. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. No, I can't believe she's still producing. Telling me Pascal said hello. Bye. <laughs> And then I walk back, walk and I'm back. like, guys, I'm just spraying this axe spray because yeah. I'm so hot out here. And then I'm like, anyway, I don't know if I'm going to do Transformers 8. <laughs> you guys don't mind me. a little mountain claw, do you? So bad. I remember I bought actively bought a an Old Spice body wash called Wolfthorn one day. And I was like. Sorry, Wolfthorn? I got to take a look in the mirror after this purchase and ask myself, who are you? Who? Uh, Wolf- Wolfthorn. I hope it was one word. <laughs> and I hope the font was loud as shit. I even the, it was. Even the gal behind the counter at right, it was like, "You sure about this purchase?" That guy who bought this. <laughs> he he murdered his pro officer. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Wait, so when you're being directed by Clint Eastwood, is this like it happens you, all the time? I, I mean, happen, I'm kidding. You uh, you mentioned like you know that's one of those things you can't dream about when you're moving out here. So is it like it's just silly. When you even get, let's say, I mean, how many auditions to uh, to get in front of them? Was it like an initial thing where you were like, also, second question, when you saw it, were you like, I fucking got this? Um, no, it was, uh, I was in Thailand doing um, The Five Bloods for Spike Lee at Netflix. Yeah. And at the time I was, um, I was sober too and I was alone. Uh, I didn't have the money or the brain to have like a friend or assistant there, which I should have done. Lonely in Thailand by yourself? Oh, so lonely. And I was so, I'm not well traveled. So it was like, there was a big fear of, you know, just just being in that environment for me. Um, And what what made it kind of compounded was just like, I'm not drinking. I'm not socializing as much. I have a ton of time off because I'm just a sporting character. And I don't have any company. And every time I walk outside, there's like 17 prostitutes trying to give me a massage. And I'm like, this is not good for me. So is it really? I got to the point where I just barricaded myself in my hotel and didn't go anywhere after like the second or third week of seven weeks. So I got offered a lot of money to do the Richard Jewell miniseries for, for charter broadcasting. Cool. My buddy Cameron Britton from Manhunter ended up doing it and, and rocked it. Great actor. But... Three days after I got offered the TV Richard Jewell thing, they said Clint wants you to star in his new movie, and I'm like, that doesn't sound like a real thing. I go, what is the project? Is that an email or a phone call? Phone call for sure. Yeah, you can't email it. <laughs> uh, and and uh, I've deleted. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and so I I said, what is the movie? And they said the Richard Jewell movie, and I was like, are you telling me I got offered the same character in opposing competing projects within 72 hours? They're like, yep. One is a huge money offer. The other is just verbal from Clint's producer and casting director. And they go at the exact same time this summer. One's in Pips- Pittsburgh. One is in Atlanta. And the movie's at Fox. Disney bought Fox, and Clint only works at Warner Brothers. So he's currently in a fight to get the movie at Warner Brothers. So I'm like, guys, this is not breeding trust. Like, I'm really worried that I'm going to say yes to Clint. 
and then it, and then it doesn't happen. Oh, I turned down a ton of money. Man. So I think like half a week, like four days or so go by and they're like, we need an answer from Paul. Is he going to do the show or not? And I had only had a cast, uh, the casting director, Jeff Micklack call me and, uh, and his producer, this other dude. And I, I was like, okay, well I got to make a decision. So I said, the Bible talks about fear and love. You can only operate out of one or the other, not both. And fear would tell me to take the money. Love would tell me to work with Clint Eastwood, tell him I'm going to work with Clint Eastwood. And I hung up the phone and I was terrified. It's of course. 4.30 in the morning. I'm by myself in Thailand. And I'm like, did I make the right choice? I, yeah. And I just, you go get a massage just to like talk your thoughts out. That's what, that's what he told TMZ. I, um, I need somebody to talk to. I was lonely. You know, the only time I've been on TMZ <laughs> is dancing with Margot Robbie at a bar in Atlanta. Somebody awesome. had cell phone footage of us drunk, like pirouetting and acting like ballerinas being silly. If you look up TMZ, Paul Hauser, Margot Robbie, you'll find it. Amazing. But it's like, I never want to be on TMZ again. I've already peaked. It, it, oh, yeah. It's not going to get You're not cooler. Topping than that. that. Unless Terrible. you and like Chet Hanks get like frozen yogurt, you ain't topping that. I feel like Chet and I would come to, <laughs> that's one of those guys I feel like I might come to blows. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, it's a white boy summer. And I'd be like, well, it's an angry black man's winner. And for all of them, I'd like to punch you in the face. What, you the guy watching fuck my butt on that Delta 422 flight? Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know what happened with Colin and Chet. They seem like, it, it feels like Chet bullied Colin in well, Colin, school, yeah. right? That's what it feels like. Colin's still acting. Is that what you meant? You don't know what, what's happening? Oh, happened I just mean the, the dynamic. They're so, oh, they're so diametrically different. different. Yeah. That I just wonder, and I guess that's not that weird though. You meet families where siblings are in sort of uh, contention with one another. You know, they're from the same litter, but they're different dogs. Also, you're, dude. Again, a great. You have a real knack with. And I'm strong. <laughs> Did you see that? Liquid death. I think I overcame it like Jesus on the cross. Look at that. You have a real knack with saying the right stuff at the right time. Do you get that a lot? I don't know. I've said the wrong stuff, too. That's what's scary. Is a thousand I have percent. A, I have a big st- uh, stand-up and improv background, so it's like... So you commit, is what I'm saying, because yeah, you, you see something, I, and there's, I don't see in you a lot of, like, yeah. f- not filter, but qu- questioning of yourself. Because in stand-up, and you know this, yeah. trusting yourself is a big part of it, and that just comes from reps and an improv. The good, the good stand-up, because I used to do the constructed stand-up, where it's almost like you're doing an audition rather than dropping in like you're hanging out with them. Right. And that was my big disconnect. It wasn't that my material sucked. It wasn't that I didn't have stage presence. But it had to do with a mischaracterization of what that structure had to be. Really, comedy's supposed to be structure uh, structure in, in form that becomes invisible. Right. And, and really, it feels like you're shitting it out. Right. And I never got there. I never got there. I never graduated. You well, know? you did it for how long before you stopped? Like 12 years. But yeah. m- but I but I didn't do it with the constancy that these guys and gals were like, well, I deliver sandwiches six days a week in New York, and uh, and I'm going up at night at three different places, and I'm rushing to get there. I never right. did that right. breakneck version. But, I mean, you know, there's only so much I could do. I mean, we're right by the comedy store. I can't tell you how many times I performed in the belly room and tore it up in front of 38 people or how many times I would do the main room and be the best one on a lineup. But like I never got invited. Nobody ever extended the branch to me in that setting. 
uh, because that's really not what that setting is anyway. It's not really a, hey, kiddo, you're finally on the team. It's kind of hard, man. Did, was there uh, something about it being like a solo adventure that was like, you know, because I was doing uh, improv and stand-up at the same time and then finally just was like, I couldn't get guys on, in improv to like meet up to do group stuff or shoot sketches. So yeah. I was like, oh, stand-up is just me. I just have to worry about me. And that was Great appealing. self-sufficiency. Yeah. You can control it. I think I was tired of tugging on Michael Q's you know, pant leg and like <laughs> begging to be put on a show where I didn't have to bring people, you know, yeah. like it got to the point where I'm of like, course. dude, my friends have all seen me do this three or four times live. I'm not making them yeah. buy $20 mozzarella sticks again. We're I done. know. I hear you. Who did you like stand up And now wise? I get to invite them to like movie premieres and it's like, I've gone from begging them to go to my stupid stand up shows to like inviting them to the coolest night they're going to have in five months. You Those know? friends are the true homies and it's cool when yeah. you get to like i've got a few of those too where you go oh you saw me from the get-go when i was doing and i don't frat forget. parties and then yeah and then you yeah. get to come to some cool shit or you know that's a uh it's not everybody right and like, there's some you gotta phase out where you don't you're too close to them to know that they're kind of flirting with usury you know and i really i've only had that happen the last year year and a half where i've had to go I've had to have other friends pointed out. I never see it on my own. Yeah. I always have a really smart friend, one of my like two smart friends, who like look at what's happening to me and they go, Did she just did they just ask you for another favor? And I'm like Whoa. Cool. Well yeah, but it's because they're trying and then I try you to make excuses it. for them and they go they go, No, 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 no. This person didn't show up to your screening or your short film and you said they they couldn't like <clears throat> like they'll remind me of the history of other people's transgressions. Because I'm quick to forgive. And I go, wait a minute. I haven't really done the mathematics on that. Now that I'm crunching the numbers again, this isn't really a really very good friend. And I don't need to text them back within 30 minutes of every text. Like, but I ha I was that guy for years yeah. where it's like everybody gets texted back within five minutes. And then in the last year, I was like, this is untenable. Yeah. I just woke up to 71 text messages. Yeah. And some of these people are not my real friends. Yeah, and that's that's weird. That's a weird, sad. Like it's almost like a loss, a totally. loss of a loss of the purity of just assuming everybody's on your team. You know, it's good that you have people in your life that can call out like, <clears throat> "Yo, Eric just asked you for a ride to the airport, and two days later he wants eighty grand to invest in a Jello shot business." Like you can't do both. Yeah, and, and you can't always be at people's. I mean, there is a balance, and I struggle with this too of like being available, being attentive, especially with like family but then like there's a i think a fine balance between being like um like helping but not um being uh what's the word i'm looking for enabling yeah big time yeah. yeah and i also didn't like how he posed it where i didn't get to see the he's like i'll send the pdf i never got the prospectus on the jello shot thing and and then he and then he also what was fucked up is he batted down my idea of doing the delivery service i was gonna call it hello shots oh. and go to the door and he was like oh yeah dude i'll see if that uh domain is taken on the way and i'm like you didn't even look it up. You didn't even look it up, dude. Are you in or are you out? What would Demi Sore from... <laughs> How bad do you want to go on Shark Tank? Oh, God. I want to go on as a fake shark and nobody knows it. Like, put me in a false nose and a weird haircut and have me just go, Yeah, my name is uh, Charles Delacroix. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of the metal straw. That was fucking me. Who wants to be the next metal straw? Guess how many metal straws you need? One. Put in the fucking washing machine or something. It'll still work. like like the idea that he's I also upset. I want eighty nine percent of your company for twenty five bucks. Take it or leave it. 
Two words, rolling residual. <laughs> Chewing phantom gum. There's no gum in his mouth, but he's no going. Gum. And every person that comes in goes, are you actually chewing anything? Yeah, I'm chewing on this idea. I'm thinking of maybe giving you part of my livelihood so you actually have one. And By he's, the way, always, he's always looking at the other sharks like, what is this guy? And they're like, dude, you're actually the problem right now. <laughs> like, we have no problem. Everyone's coming in. This is what the show is. Like, you keep acting like these guys shouldn't be coming in. It should It should just be Bill Burr one night. He should just show up and be That's like. That's a great idea. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey uh, what's up? Uh, so tell me about uh, the mittens. <laughs> What is this shit? Was it? What? It's a it's a neck pillow. I think we got those. <laughs> yeah. I think we got those, Copernicus. I don't think you're coming up with anything new here. Oh my god, that's a fucking great idea. Gilbert Gottfried. Why is everybody <laughs> trying to sell me on the metal straw? <laughs> I know you got a million. Give me one. Give me uh, one. I'll give you. Uh, These are my B minus. Tony, here's uh, Tony Danza. So tell me more about the fuck swing. <laughs> Is it? Can you do it indoors and outdoors? Hey, you know, my big thing is like I like. Look, I like to get my cardio on, but I also like to get. I also like to bust a nut. So this feels like it's killing two birds with one, one swing. Fuck swing. <laughs> what I love is you made Tony Danza ask legitimately good questions, <laughs> even though it was a silly product. He's like, "All right, so who are we marking this? What's the demo? What's the demo?" What uh, did you ever do? Did you start? Like that was how I kind of got into comedy. Wasn't doing impersonation of uh, friends, yeah. teachers. Oh yeah, um, no, I did like the high school talent show where I impersonated the whole faculty and everybody went ape. Shut up. That was like my my mo. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so you were funny guy in high school. Oh yeah, it was my only identity. I yeah. mean, for better and worse. I yeah. mean, I think for better because I made a lot of people happy and and lightened the situation or mood in every setting I was in, and that was beneficial for me and everybody else. But. Uh, the bad one was that it became the winding the monkeys back up a little bit. And mm-hmm. I, I vividly remember, I was 16 or 17, I was working at a summer camp called Camp Lulele in Lupton, Michigan. And it was, you know, this wonderful, wonderful experience where it's equal parts. It's just who I am, which mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, you're, you're, you're working with kids, you're having fun, you're making macaroni necklaces, you're singing songs, you're doing uh, Bible studies with these kids. But then at night, it's a little debaucherous where the staff is just running around naked in the ball field like a bunch of hippies and, oh you know, like that kind of thing. Skinny dipping. And, it's awesome. You know, getting in trouble. But while I was there one summer. It's what Camp Nowhere should have been. The movie with Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Had it not sure. been on Disney, if it was on like, I don't it's know. It's like Wet Hot American Summer on Disney Plus. That's what it would have been. Wow, dude. <laughs> Which I'm up for if someone will let me make that. Oh, um, my God. I uh, I just had a moment where we were out one night, and I was there were like seven of us, and it th- everybody kind of paired up, and nobody I I didn't have anybody to kind of get under a blanket with, and one one girl said to me, she goes, Paul, make us laugh, and they're all laying out by the water under blankets, oh. and I'm standing there alone, oh. and uh, Paul, make us laugh, and I'm looking around, and they're all laying on the ground looking up at me, and I was like, I, I said I said to myself in my head, I go. I don't know what this feeling is, but whatever it is, I don't like it. And I walked away with my Sony Discman CD player, portable CD player, and I just like listened to Tom Petty and Dashboard Confessional <laughs> by the water uh, on the water by myself. This moment is right. Just fucking, I love Dashboard. That was uh, some you dash- to do. You were trying to do uh, this ruined puzzle. Yep. My man. Nobody cares at all. Yeah. Yeah, dude. What? Screaming infidelities. Screaming infidelities. Screaming infidelities. Your hair is everywhere. (laughs) Screaming 
infidelity. Dude, that guy was so it. sad, but so. I love that guy. I, yeah, I've, man. I've seen him live like six times. I just think he's a really good singer. So, and all the all the guys in high school were like, oh, yeah, little you sad like guy. Dashboard? Emo and the guy with the journal who's yeah. like crying every concert. And oh, like, sorry, every relationship didn't work out, but you got a great song out of it. I feel so bad for you. <laughs> you're like, all right, you're the principal. Dude. Take it down or not. <laughs> Yeah. Why are you so emotional? You're my math teacher's <laughs> husband. Why are this you even here today? Info, it's Dan. weird that you're wearing that trench coat. I no, it was. Um, so you hit play and you're listening to. Oh, to isn't I was it amazing? So I used to listen to Fire and Rain by James Taylor Love. and think about my crushes. Like, Love. I was such a dumb little. I used to listen teenager. to Can You Feel the Love Tonight from the Lion King soundtrack. Uh, every night for about a week after my sixth grade girlfriend broke up with me. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Is it yeah. still kind of has an echoing effect? Not over it. <laughs> Can you imagine? You just go, okay, man, this has been fun. Is the door that way? You go, Becca, Becky, Rebecca, God, Janet, Becky. I go. Her name was Janet. What? I dated a Janet in the sixth grade. A Janet? Yeah, and she was a she teacher. Did she grow up to be born in 1948? <laughs> what did she do Isn't for a living? Time travel. <laughs> Dude, any time I would hear Elton John after that, I'd get triggered. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, man. Still anytime the only way I'd I can hear achieve an erection. Is what? Can you feel the love tonight? That and Spice Girls, uh, Wanna Make Love to You. Ooh, baby. that was a hot song. You remember that music video? It felt like they were inviting you, a child, to be like, just come upstairs. Your parents aren't here, right? <laughs> like, it was just such a weird a transition things. moment for me and a lot of young men, that yeah. music video. It was. It was very, like... Like, Seductive. they were all looking right into the camera, but if you were by yourself and you had any sort of a boner, you were like, this song's for me. Oh, yeah. And they're trying to get me to do some things. That, that I'm not sure I'm allowed to do. <laughs> My age, case in point. I need to ask, like, a relative. I need to sign something. Yeah. My uncle would just be like, listen, kid. You got 30 minutes. Your parents are coming back. If the Spice Girls want you to do things with I, your tongue, you do it. You do, are your you voice like- got so creepy. <laughs> Listen, Tony Danza. Kid, I went from being your uncle to being the kind of guy who looks like Michael Raspoli. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I, I, they helped me grow up, man. So Carmen Electra helped me grow up quite a bit. Yeah, I'm not sure I like the effects, though, of what yeah. teenage lust does to an adult man. Everyone goes it, through it. it. It's, I mean, it's human. It's so universal. It's yeah. absurd. But, I mean, there's that thing of you do start to judge women – totally unfairly without any realistic gaze of what the fuck you look like yeah uh, and there's that weird thing that men are just like transformed into these stupid thinkers when it comes to the realistic nature of what what your significant other should look like yeah and that starts when you're 12 watching music videos yeah music videos so sexual when we were coming up dude you know like that's not even it a was. source of of stimulation that kids get anymore right like there's no they're, they're, watching, they're, they're stimulated by they're not even stimulated by sexuality or sensuality now kids are stimulated by being agreed with whoa they get off by by going you agree with me yeah me too that's the whole deal now it's just like a, a, an army of a growing army of commonality it's really bizarre if this were an episode of dr phil and you had just said that, I feel like his next line would be, where did he touch you? Hold that thought. We'll be right back. 
He touched me on the cruise ship. <laughs> then he lied and told everybody we were friends the last 20 years. Fucking Adam <laughs> Ray. <laughs> Billy <laughs> Ray's name triggers the moment just hearing Ray. Manta <laughs> Ray. Sting Ray, my character on Cobra Kai. Sting Ray. I asked right. him to change it. It reminded me of Adam. I don't know how I turned into George. <laughs> I almost said George Clinton. Bill Clinton. <laughs> Dude, I'm halfway in on that impeachment show. That's crazy. Clive Owen as Clinton. Oh, you're watching it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you booked a big one. You booked some big uh, limited series. What was that? Can you talk about it? <laughs> oh, this is uh, my podcast now. Um, I'm playing Nixon's press secretary. Is that what I told you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. In the in the thing, my buddy Ike is in that. Uh, in, Ike Barinholtz. Uh, in Gaslit. Yeah. 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 About That's uh, amazing, Watergate. Dude. Yeah, it's cool, Congrats. man. Yeah. They're not just giving those roles out. That's a really important limited series. They actually did. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you're walking away. Make us laugh. That's fucked up. Who is the girl that said that? Do you still remember her? Oh, I don't even, you know, I could venture a guess, but I won't even say it in case I'm wrong because I, I have such cloudy, unconscious revisionist history. You start listening to music that's just like, that validates my that, feelings. Yes. Yeah. It's. It's. Yeah. And which I think is important. It's like just that we're joking I still about do it. That. Do yeah. you not do that still? No, a thousand percent I do. Yeah. It, I don't I think... listen to Neil Young all the time. I listen to him <laughs> when I'm like, God, my soul feels kind of damp, like a leaf in the rain. And I want to maximize this feeling, right? I want to. If I'm going to feel like this, I want to feel it all the way. I could use a little help from next. From the from the, too close by next. Album? <laughs> yeah. Or anything, Brian McKnight. Whoa. That guy really backed up a lot of feelings for me. I like number Circa two of all, the, of all the numbers of Brian McKnight's. I like number two because it was the most straightforward. It was. Because one, you're like a dream come true. Two, just want to be with you. Yeah. Three, I think it's pretty plain to say. <laughs> Are you fucking listening? <laughs> How many more goddamn numbers do I have to sing about <laughs> for you to understand? No, no, no. Let me finish. No, 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 no. <laughs> let me finish. <laughs> we go, dude. It's your, it's your stepdaughter's recital. How about Lou Bega? That guy had a lot of cooks in the no kitchen. No one in his life is saying, how about Lubega? I'd just like to remind you, you are the only guy alive who is saying, how about Lubega? Maybe his maybe his entertainment attorney in 97, trying how to about Lubega? Trying to pitch him for a cooking show. They're like, it's like a, a Food Network uh, meeting. We're like, all right, who can host the top chef? How about Lubega? Brian, you're fired. Anybody else? I need you. <laughs> I don't need you out of the room. I need you out the building <laughs> for that one. Leave your badge. This is the same guy who was pushing Lenny Kravitz on us last week. I, um, dude, I love dumb humor, man. My brother yeah. and I would do stuff where, like, we were watching Simon Birch one time. Do you know that movie? Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and we're watching it, and there's a scene at the end. Spoiler alert. You only had 25 years to watch Simon <laughs> Birch. Uh, we, we're watching Wait, it. Wait, is this where, like, a, um, like, a, it's a kid with. A dwarfism like gets a kite or something <laughs> i can't wait to say that i was the last person you interviewed how about lubega <laughs> i don't know what his ailment was but he had an ailment my friend yeah. brad williams who's a little Flies person a kite. He doesn't, my friend no brad, kite my film. friend brad williams who's a little person i know brad okay good yeah. brad said that simon birch was like his uh his like shawshank or something or his what do you say it was like his um uh I don't know, fucking heroic drama. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. His anthemic drama. Yeah. He could identify. Like, yeah, it was like the one where they were like, "All right, it's gonna be okay." I like the movie. <clears throat> Good. What movie. happens in it though? But at the end, there's just this dumb. God, this is gonna build to. <laughs> so nothing. there's no kite. No. 
So, so at the end of the film, he's okay. like dying in the hospital bed, and oh, Joe Ma- Joe Mazzello from uh, Love Jurassic Mazzello. Park is like, "Hey, you're not gonna die, Simon." Even though he knows he's gonna die, it's very emotional. But my brother, while we were watching it, my brother Matt, one time, he was like. What if they just like bled in Lenny Kravitz cover of American Woman in the middle of the scene? So funny. And like like little things like that, yeah. that's the stuff that like You love that kills me. It's like The What I If. Th- I would hear stories about Harris Whittles. Did you know Harris? Yep. I didn't know him at all, but loved his work. And him and Aziz would have these jokes where like they had jokes that like Chris Pontius from Jackass had his own late night show. And it was like an inside joke, but then they'd go into pitch meetings with high-powered executives in Hollywood, and they would just slip it in to make each other laugh, where they'd go. So then the second act, the character kind of goes viral, he gets famous. He's on, like, Conan, he's on Good Morning America, Pontius Tonight, and they just bleed through, they would bleed through it just to make each other laugh, and the, the executives are just like, yeah, Pontius Tonight. <laughs> and like, but that is the heart of great humor to me, is it's not just about the content. Yeah. It's who do you get to share with it mm. where the reaction and the feeling is is congruent because the congruency of shared comedy is I, w- I would say it's as intimate as sex and I know because I've had both ooh and not in that order we'll be right back oh <laughs> <laughs> <Yo>, no <laughs> is very, that a lumix very funny <laughs> did you just did you just TBS me very funny <laughs> Paul, you see Richard Jewell, he knows drama. TNT, this guy. USA, this character's welcome. Oh, wow. I was just about to say, what was their slogan? ABC's peacocking me. I'm I'm just, I can't stop. peacocking me? I can't stop. I was trying to name every. What was ABC? Oh, when you hear your family? No, what is ABC? ABC's proud as a peacock, right? That's ABC? No, it's NBC, proud as a peacock. They said there's peacocking in me. I was like, there's no way that was NBC's. (laughs) ABC's was, uh, is Home Improvement still on? (laughs) Do you still have home improvement? Fuck, I love that I show. Um, Good show. Those right. kids all turned into crack addicts, right? <laughs> How about Lou I'm Bega? kidding. That's, that's me trying to do a Norm MacDonald thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to love home improvement. Uh, my, you know, my favorite thing about home improvement is uh, that all the kids turned out to be crack addicts. <laughs> you totally would have said something. I fucking miss Norm. That I was a that pieces, was a big. Man. Did you was he a big influence and I on you? One, what annoys me, it's not like it matters, but what annoys me is the people who, when he died, who are like, "Yo, guy's a genius," and I'm like, "Can you name anything he's done?" Yeah, please. Did you watch Dirty Work thirty times in the theater? Yeah, I saw it in theaters. Me too. When I was like twelve, and yep. I shouldn't have even been there. Yep. Um, I I love Norm. Never got to meet him. I'm kind of friendly with uh, some of the guys from that Sandler group. Mm. I don't know them well, but I'm friendly with. Spade and Schwartzman. Uh, Schwartzman, yeah, yeah. I'm so close to him, I don't know his last name. <laughs> uh, Nick Schwartzman, who I love and is super funny. Norm, man, he was one of those people that I just assumed that someday I'll make it big, I'll get to direct a movie, and I'll give Norm one of the best parts in my movie. No. Nope. Like, he was one of those things. And then he died, and I was like, motherfucker. What part? What would you have put him in? I probably would have given him a dramatic role. Like, I would have, like, given him wow. a good role where he has to actually play, like, an ex-addict who's like trying to give a life lesson to some kid in a casino and just like starts off funny and nice and then ends up yelling at him and the kid doesn't know that he's drunk and that he's lost everything like i would have put him i would have put him in little saint vincent maybe he's got like a little bill murray meets uh matthew broderick in because he was capable man he committed he committed he also could have been like a um the guy who like was the head chef on the cruise ship in our cruise movie oh yeah and he just comes up one day and he just goes uh Hey, we uh, we ran out of pepperoni. 
And uh, also, uh, there's a fuck swing <laughs> there's, uh, in the bathroom. I mean, I don't know if it's a fuck swing. But <laughs> it certainly know. seems like one. <laughs> you run a black light on that thing, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, how many bathrooms do you know that have a, a dildo on the toilet seat? Yeah, his, uh, his the way he went in the paint on OJ was like unreal. Oh, he just went for I mean, he went for Clinton too, and he sh- and by the way, he should, man. He had this one joke on Go update that I'll never forget. I think I even posted it, but he was like uh he goes, uh, you know, and the reason Buck uh, uh, from OJ OJ said that Nicole uh, Kidman or uh, Nicole Nicole what was it? Nicole Brown Swanson. So was it? Nicole Brown Simpson. Sorry, he's had a lot of liquid deaths today. Super Super Nicole messy. Brown Simpson, Simpson's her last name, because, uh, yeah, he goes, Nicole Brown Simpson. Guys, Sim- it's fine. We can laugh about it. <laughs> Nicole Brown Simpson, uh, uh, OJ said that uh, he uh, loved Nicole, uh, would do anything for her, would, take a, would stand in front of a train or take a bullet for her. Gee, isn't that just the, the worst? When the one guy that would die for you kills you. <laughs> oh, my God. And, dude, it was like it got such groans. Oh, yeah. Because, like, even the studio and, – and it and, – Look, what I really took away from that was, like, great joke, Norm pushing the envelope, like, doing what he thought was funniest. But, like, I'm re-watching this clip, and I'm like, wow, listen to the the audible groans and, like, discomfort from oh, the yeah. audience being, like, like, it's weird because now you look at it's, you do that joke, you'd get a full, the groans would be doubled. But I feel like we're in less of an accepting time for jokes like that. But it was still... <clears throat> One of the reasons I feel like I can't even do stand-up anymore is I just I don't want to lose my whole life because of some random thing I say in front of 70 people. Right. Um, it's really hard to justify that in my head. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I'm this crass, psychotic, extreme comedy guy. I've never been that guy. You just want to have the freedom to think and speak. Perfect example. There was a night my brother and I were in New York. I was promoting Richard Jewell or whatever I was doing at the time. And... We go to a comedy club where we're just kind of bar hopping. We see they have an open mic night. So we just walk in, and it's one of those things where it's like a set piece out of like a Duplass indie movie or something. But like, I just went up and like performed on stage in front of like seven people. And I had made some joke in there about how I play horrible people. And I talked about Black Klansmen. I said, Yeah, I played a racist. And later that night, somebody tweets at me and said, I was just at a comedy show where. This this guy, Paul Hauser, who's not funny, said something really racist. And I was like, what? And so I hit her back and was like, I said that I was in the movie Black Klansman. I didn't make a racist joke. That's fully incorrect. How could you have gotten there from what I said? And then she tried to defend it. And then, like, Janelle Riley from Variety and all these other people started oh. chiming in. And they're like, you're full of shit. Paul would never do that. Cool. We know he's not like that. Wow. And people came to my aid, and it happened a couple other times where people were trying to get me canceled over literally nothing. And then other people came and swung in and just started throwing haymakers at the at the people tweeting at me. And I'm like, I appreciate it because it just showed how nobody's safe. You know, nobody's safe. Paul Hauser was seen at Baskin-Robbins getting vanilla ice cream when chocolate was right there, ready to be eaten. Clearly, black lives don't matter. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> That's the problem is I ordered. God, this is so hard to talk about. I ordered cookie dough. The whole point was like, listen, we're going to gentrify the white ice cream. We're going to bring it. We're going to bring this in here. We're going to yeah. change this. And they, uh, I, I think that, I, I don't think they took me seriously. Well, when n- I said that. nobody at Baskin Robbins takes 
anything seriously. Who the hell? You go to Baskin Robbins? Oh, yeah, dude. No. <laughs> it's L.A., baby. Jenny's. McConnell's. What are you doing? Who are they? Is this a, are you putting me on? Is this a bit? We got you there. We got you there. We got you there. You're on my new hidden camera show called, Yeah, Man, Weed Baskin Robbins. Okay. Psych. You basked me <laughs> there. I'll admit it. Um, Come on out, guys. Can, Mila Kunis. Ashley <laughs> Kutcher, get out of here. Yeah. Well, you got smelled. You got shower. Got, I, um, I, dude, Baskin Robbins is dead to me ever since I tried, <laughs> ever since I tried Jenny's ice cream, uh, which okay. is my new favorite. It's on... Hill, well, it's everywhere, but it's on Hillhurst by like Lil Doms. Love Lil Doms. Well, when you finish your Lil Doms, you get that cute little ass down to Jenny's and you grow it with a couple scoops, babe. If that's not the commercial, <laughs> at least the Have audio you ever been version. Sexually harassed mid bite of a pumpkin cream <laughs> sorbet. <laughs> well, if you haven't, come on down. To... Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Um,. Uh, wait, so I want to finish this story before we wrap this up. Can we pull this mic down a little bit more in front of your oh, face, I'm by so the way? There we, right? Sorry, this is my bit. first time talking. You're fine. Me. A little bit more. Good? Okay, good. My, is it not comfortable? Now, is that not comfortable? Okay. No, it's fine. I just don't want to get canceled because of how the mic is. <laughs> you can get canceled for anything. These Paul, no! TMZ. Actor was, Paul Hauser missed his mouth again. Again, guy keeps missing the mark, if you will. By mark, we mean his mouth with a liquid death can. I um, I was in a uh, uh, Zoom meeting for a table read for my new show uh, on Apple, the one with Taron Edgerton. I told you about that, right? No. So I played a serial killer in this uh, six-episode limited series for Apple. Whoa. A real serial killer named Larry Hall. Whoa. And it's me, um, Sepeda Moafi, Taron Edgerton, Ray Liotta, Greg Kinnear, Robert Wisdom. Great cast. Um, I mean... But when I was on the Zoom for the table read, everybody was talking about like, hey, we just got Moderna. I just got Pfizer. I just got them break. Like everybody had their like thing. Yeah. And I said that I had had Johnson and Johnson. And uh, they kind of looked at me. Yeah. They kind of looked at me on the Zoom. Everybody. Ray Liotta. Everybody is on the Zoom. Ray Liotta. Sorry. Ray Liotta. You didn't get Chantix? How come you don't use Chantix? It could save your ass. Well, Save a lot of things. He talking no, about he, the vaccine, right? His voice is so funny. It's man. amazing. His voice is really kind of groggy now, where it's like a now it kind of sounds like this, like an angry mobster who's actually trying to tell you that he's not angry. <laughs> it's like that. But we're on the Zoom, and I said to them, I had a full glass of water, and I just committed to the bit, like we talked about. And I go, there haven't been that many side effects. And then I went to take a sip, and I just poured the whole glass of water on my face. And everybody just starts cracking up. Good for you, dude. And the first thing when I go in the hair and makeup trailer, I see Ray Liotta, and he's like, yeah, the guy that did the thing with the water. That was hilarious. Immediately brought it up. It was You're so that funny. guy to Ray Liotta that's fucking awesome. And he that, remembered it. Then he found it funny. He loved it. We good only had you. one day together, but uh, but I asked him questions about Goodfellas and Cop. One day with was, Ray? There's a documentary I'd watch. Is it you or is it Leona? It's you, dude. It's you. No. It always goes back to you. <laughs> Billy Ray, Ray Which Liotta. Ray is it? One Day with Ray, where you what? follow me and Ray Liotta getting Comedians Baskin Robbins. in cars with Rays getting Jennies and sexually assaulted. Got it. Hello, Hollywood? Hello, Ted Sarandos, <laughs> my best friend. Teddy Baby, have you looked at the numbers from Hulu? Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> so listen. I've got, got another Liotta project. <laughs> 
got another one with the Rays. Yeah. <laughs> Winstone's not available, but I got Adam and Leota. Well, let's think about the f- most famous Rays. That's the, the first name Ray. Leota. Let's just go back and forth for a minute here. Okay, you start. You said Leota. Kind of a gimme. I already let's take him, Let's take him out of the equation. Start fresh. Charles. Um, Ray. Oh. God, I was going to say Ray Charles. Ray Leota, Ray Charles, Ray Raymond Usher Raymond. Great. Can we ex- We can accept that. Uh Ray Finkel. <laughs> I'm in Crazy Town and Finkel's the mayor. Um Melissa it's ace. <laughs> his uh his energy is so brilliant in that. Ray Ray Winstone from The Departed and Beowulf. Beowulf. Great movie to see on a pot brownie at Universal City Walk IMAX. That's what my attacker said, too. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the exact same thing. Wait, so you're playing a serial killer. Who is this guy? Who did he kill? He, he I mean, not to, not to bring it down too much because it's certainly not a fun story, but um, he, he, like, raped and kidnapped and murdered, like, uh, a dozen women, but that was, like, what he confessed to. You got to go back and look at the really damning, consistent evidence of what he did and you'll find there were copycat cases in the same region within like 30 to 70 miles. Wow. So really it was it was probably more like 25 or 30 maybe that he that he just didn't confess to the other ones. You know? That's a uh <clears throat> that seems like a really daunting thing to roll to to uh take on, right? I mean like It is. You've played and th- so this this is based on a real guy or no? Real guy, yeah, yeah. Guy, are, not not famous like Charlie Manson. Like I didn't have a million YouTube clips to watch. Like I had to go off. I had like twelve seconds of composite audio and then all the files. That was it. Do you prefer that? I prefer what I had with Richard Jewell. Yeah. I had like forty-five minutes to two hours worth of footage. It made it so much easier just to fully absorb and just yeah. And like once again, you don't want to do the SNL thing where it's a caricature. <laughs> You're trying to embody the person, but like. What's nice about all that footage is you get contextual clues about a person the way you would anybody else. Right. Just by virtue of people watching. So it's like, it's super helpful to have the footage. Um, I know Jesse Eisenberg said something about, he like tried to drive up to Silicon Valley to meet Mark Zuckerberg and like the studio called him and they were like, turn around. We don't want you to meet him. Fincher doesn't want you to meet him. Uh, We think it's a bad idea, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, And my thing is like, had I had more time and connectivity, I definitely would have visited him in prison before shooting. Wow. And I still want to. I don't want to like I want to go to Chuck E. Cheese, but I want to like uh, I would love to help the authorities, let the show come out. Hopefully it's a success. Let him get wind of it and see if I could interview him or visit him and like and try to convince him to give up where the rest of the bodies are or some more information to give closure to the family. When does it come out? comes out this spring i think for you on apple i would like to i would like to insert myself there assuming it's not inappropriate i just want to be helpful also with uh it it was dale and i tanya right um dale was virginia i tanya was sean eckhart sean that's right um how much did you that you were so again richard jewel is so good but you were so good night tanya dude thanks man i love that role that role was like you did john goodman and big lebowski i was like dude Okay, it's cool. gonna be so fun. I know how to play this. I'm gonna. You brought a lot of comedy to that too, like that. It you made this guy likable, dude. I I don't know if he's likable. He's he's entertaining. 
Okay, fair, fair, uh, fair. Split the difference. But I love, dude. We we partied a lot on that movie. We had really? a lot of fun. Work hard, play hard. Now I'm glad I'm out of that phase. I'm glad that at the end of a workday, I'm dying to freaking postmate some food, watch Netflix, and go to bed. Like I love that. Gotcha. I wouldn't trade that legitimately. Yeah. But but that movie it was a sure good time. was fun to like work three out of five days have two days off and then on the weekends margo and sebastian are like let's all play ping pong and drink our faces off like things like that were awesome. just like it just made it feel like what i call adult summer camp where it's like you know this is this is really us soaking in the moment and like letting ourselves get swept up in the fun you know not every project's like that right it oh, truly gosh. depends on the cast and right it depends on the cast and sometimes the tone of the movie um I, Tanya, was, was like a true dark comedy. So, you know, there were days where we left laughing till our bodies hurt. You awesome. know what I mean? And that's not the case on other stuff. Other stuff is just taxing, and you get in the big cast van, and you go back to set, and everybody's quiet. Richard know? Jewell, Clint wasn't coming up to you being like, there's a David Buster's 15 miles away. Hey, kid, there's an indoor trampoline park. <laughs> a lot of single moms. A lot of single moms. What do you say we tuck in our T-shirts and act like a couple of squares, rake one of these ladies in? No, I, no, I, we went. That was another adult summer camp where, like, every night, me, John Hamm, Sam Rockwell, Olivia Wilde, sometimes Clint or Kathy Bates would go out and like, let's get a salmon and let's get a steak and two plates of pasta and two bottles of wine and cocktails and let's just pass them around. Pre-COVID, where we're all sharing plates and drinks. Whoa, it was fun. Sam Rockwell, legit, is in my top five favorite actors. Me too. I think mine go Sam, Christian Bale. Mm. A living or living or all time. Let's go living first. Living, I would say Christian Bale, Sam Rockwell, Michael Shannon. I think uh, Michael Q. <sighs> I don't want to hate on Michael. No, Q. I love Michael Q. I just he that was, was a fun callback, and was, that came into my head, and yeah, I wanted to say it. He was. Uh, Michael yeah, Q gave me a lot of spots on a lot of shows too. Michael so. Q was very nice to me until I, I just had to stop doing the bringer shows. And then and then I became good buddies with TK. And then TK TK had me do bringer shows. How many for a people are you bring in? I need to know for I'm setting up the chairs. Is that TK and I love TK, so this is nothing I wouldn't say to his face. TK TK would always text me and be like, I just gotta know how to set up the room. And I'm like That's why I just yeah. That's not a real thing. No. And this look, That's this is a real thing this is also say. a part of when you run <laughs> A successful bringer show business like TK and Michael sure. Q did sure. do maybe still you are uh, in a way and you can't help it um, you know you have to you're I mean look and some they always did a, a good job of, of spots and and pay but there are people that I'm sure we both done where you're like wow I brought 40 people to the show and made you so much money and you oh, gave me yeah. 30 bucks and I went at the end when only my friends were still there. Dude. So, and you're always doing that. So it's like there's an ass backwards way to do it, but those guys at least were, uh, you, you know, watch fair. the seesaw. If it tips too far one way, that's usually time to get out. Yeah. My thing was, even the first night I ever did the comedy store, and I think it was February 2010, I did the belly room. I brought like 24 people or something. No, I brought like 19 people, I think. And they told me, um, we're going to give you five bucks for everyone you bring yeah. after. 10 people or whatever so i was like whoa 45 bucks and then they gave me like 29 bucks they stiffed me like 15 bucks what a weird amount and i was just like i was kind of mad i remember and then also i had a chip on my shoulder because <clears throat> amir k and i are, are friendly now but like the night i showed up no one knew me 
I was fresh. I was in L.A. for like four months. Yeah. And Amir K. saw me with a puppet, and he goes, a prop comic, great. Ripped it off my hand, threw it over, across the room. And all Amir. the comics started laughing at me and, like, <laughs> shitting on me. Oh, no. And then I went, fucking kidding And me? then I went up, and me and Fortune Feimster were loudly the best people out of, like, eight comics. And uh, murdered. I murked that room with the puppet. And uh, I was that wasn't say, the whole act. Amir- it was just a bit in the beginning. <laughs> I was going to say, Amir and your puppet are sitting in the back, and the puppet just looks at Amir and goes, take that, you bitch. Eat that, you little trout stuffer. Eat that, you little trout stuffer. <laughs> but where's Paul's hand? Yeah. But for the record, Amir's been nothing but cool to me. Amir's uh, the best. I just, it was one of those things back in the day where a sensitive guy who's new to town. Yeah. And then the moment, and, and any time that happened back then, I was like, oh, you just made my set better. Who knows? now I'm angry. Of course. And who knows what had just happened prior. I could benefit for the doubt. Amir could have just had to follow a puppet fun. at the improv who murdered. And maybe the puppet was like, hey, I don't want to be the guy coming up next after this. I bet he's got some <laughs> fucking weird last name with one letter. You know, like right, he could have right, been. Right. They'll want to be Jeff Dunham. That, that guy. guy. By the way, how's that not a movie? How's there not a mockumentary film about a really A Christopher bad... Guest about a Jeff Dunham who's. Yeah. Like who maybe him perfect. and Jeff were coming up together. And yeah, then, and he was the one who didn't get it, and he's called um, he maybe he, maybe the movie's called The Stiff. Ooh. And uh, and that guy ends up opening for the guy who made it, but he finds out that that guy is re- a really bad guy who like cheats on his fiance and mistreats his like. He won like the America's Got Talent too, right? Yeah. So he got his whole showcase yeah. tour. And this, this is guy, a movie. This could be a thing. This is really good, actually, because then you get those judges played by like Dan Aykroyd. Oh, that'd be the best. You know, as like the Simon, maybe. Uh huh. Stunt cast the uh, yeah. Get Peter Serafinowicz to play uh, Simon Cowell or something. Get Peter Sarsgaard to be like the host. That was going to be one of the guys casting. on my five, my list. Oh yeah, finish. I love, I love those. I love Pete Sarsgaard, Mike Shannon, Christian Bale, Sam Rockwell, and the fifth spot. The fifth spot might be like Danny ben Bonaducci, Foster, maybe. Oh. Danny Bonaduce. Oh man, just trying to. My think favorite of... boxer. <laughs> was he a boxer? He did the celebrity boxing thing. Oh, that's right. I told you, I used to keep up with the pop gossip. Oh the pop, yeah. The Tony Danza, also a big uh, boxer from back in the oh, day. Oh man. This guy, dude, I had him on the podcast. Let's say six years ago. Oh really? Oh yeah. And he oh, told me funny. he was like, he's like, I used to go put up posters of my boxing matches in like taxi in like the in the in the, in the, the waiting room and be like, guys, come to my matches. And Chris Lloyd would be like, we're not coming to your matches. <laughs> That was a good Christmas yeah. And he back. And then some people will come. DeVito came, you know, and chew me on it. That's what I want to do. I want to be a boxer. You know, I want to be a His TV thing was just like, whatever. I want to be a boxer. I want to be a champion boxer. You know, I want to be a couple of a Wheaties box. I want to have my own meatball. I'm like, I'm silenced by how good your impressions are <laughs> right now. You're like my buddy, my buddy Justin Ruppel. Uh, Justin, I know very well. Love Justin. How do you know Justin? Uh, TK shows. He's in a Justin Thruple and now. I were the guys who would, I know. Crazy. Let's talk about this. How's that not? F- by the way, forget everything we pitched previous. Forget it. Nothing is more interesting than a thruple t- a reality. And his last name's Ruppel. That's what I'm saying. If I and I, I think I told him this. I was like, missed opportunity, dude. One of your hashtags when you announced this wasn't Ruppel Thruple. Oh man. Which is a flavor at Baskin Robbins. You wouldn't know that though. Because <laughs> you're a Jelly's girl, or what is it, Jannies? Jennies. One N. <laughs> Let me tell you about Jenny's. Let me tell you about Jenny's. Here's the difference. I'm going to tell you the difference between your girl and mine. Baskin Robbins is like, hey, I had my second drink. I'm taking my top off. <laughs> Above ground swimming pool. What a party. <laughs> Jenny's is like, 
I didn't put my degree on my wall in a frame oh. because I already know I'm capable of doing my occupation. Ooh. And I'll get topless, but it's for you, and I won't tell you when. It's just for you, not a not a bunch of people in my backyard with a above ground pool. Can I be honest? That's the difference. I haven't heard a better explanation. Jenny's has confidence. Baskin Robbins is just running around like a chick with her head <laughs> cut off because of past trauma. I don't blame her. She didn't grow up in the best environment. You're a product of such things. <laughs> oh man! I'm just saying, it's a there's a big difference. Let's not even make it female. Let's turn the navel gaze on on the boys. Baskin Robbins is a guy named Tommy. His favorite <laughs> comedy is Without a Paddle. Now, there's nothing wrong with Seth Green. And there's nothing wrong with Matthew Lillard. And I'll even go as far as to say there is really nothing wrong with Dak Shepard. But Tommy thinks that's like the best comedy. <laughs> and, he, and his dad's his hero mostly because he's confident. And Tommy isn't. That's, that's Baskin Robbins. Jenny's, the male Jenny, is... Uh, I almost said Richard Jenny, but I don't have enough to go off that. Um, you could run for mayor on this platform, Jenny's, by the way. You're speaking like a. That's another. That's I'm a part. Like the dumbest person you've this ever is had. A, on this show. is a part, by the way, I see in your future. Oh, I'm. Oh, sure. Maybe. Uh, all right, we got to wrap this up. That's a part I see in your future for sure. I don't know what future parts you're like, even like now. The male Jennies. The well, guy, no, like a guy, guy running. Wins or not. A no, guy what? like. Did you ever see the campaign with uh, Farrell and Galifianakis? I did. That was pretty funny. Yeah. It was good. Uh, but more of a draw, a, more of a dark comedy, I feel like, where you are somebody in office, I feel like. Oh, I a, would love that. Yeah, man. I feel like you would crush that, I dude. think I'm going to be a better actor when I'm older. Like, I think when I'm, like, 55, I'm going to hit a really cool streak of playing, like, evil politicians and, yeah. like, dads who have lost everything. Yeah. And, and just, like, I think I'm going to, I think everybody's going to be like, I think in, like, 20 years, everyone's going to be like, dude, Paul Hauser's a really good actor. And then some people are going to be like, the, the guy from Cobra Kai? <laughs> the guy from all those Jenny's commercials? <laughs> the guy who's way too passionate about his faith? Uh, like uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Savages, parts oh, like that. Yeah, man. Love. Phil, Phil and Daniel Day-Lewis is my number one, and then when Phil oh, yes. died, I reassessed, and I went, nope, Phil's my number one. He was on Phil Hoffman, man. Real Phil and Chris Farley, those are yeah. my two. When I, I accepted a... Um, an award at some award show and I gave a speech and I just said, you know, I dedicate this to Phil Hoffman and Chris Farley, the Whoa. guys who made me believe that there was a place for me in, in Hollywood. No way. Yeah. It wasn't like the Oscars, but it meant a lot to me that I saw that um I think part of that speech. That was for Richard Jewell, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big award. Yeah, I I think it was the National Border of You, and then something in, in L.A., the Hollywood Film Associate. Yeah, Associate. like a Game Changer Award, right? Was it what it was? Or like, yeah. the, like a breakout yeah. role? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's on YouTube, so yeah. we put that on YouTube. Very cool, man. I, I, I gave some love to Anton Yelton at the end, who yeah. I, I miss just like Phil. He was, Anton was just a real artist, you know, which I used to make fun of that word. I think it's so oh, cringy, really? like, yeah, we're artists. I'm doing a chewing gum commercial. But... It is what what you do is artistry. What I do is artistry. Like, it is an art form, and it takes a lot of work that people don't see. Yeah. And uh, so when they die, I look back and I go, no, you know, Phil Hoffman, Anton Yelton, Paul Newman, these are artists, man. Heath Ledger, what he did with the Joker, unreal. I know, I know, he gets looped in with all these like cringy uh, youth male movements. You know, the Joker in general. The internet's like, right. If you like, if you like the Joker movie, you're probably one of the Proud Boys, and right. it's like. Or you just like 
movies, but dope cinema. Uh, but I, I always looked at it like, man, what Heath did with the Joker, you never, who who thought someone was gonna do Joker better than Jack? Like, let's leave on this note of anyone listening who wants to, who dreams about doing anything cool. Who ever believed that Heath Ledger, the guy from Brokeback Mountain and Ten Things, is going to be a better Joker than Jack? And in my opinion, he 100% was a better Joker. Me too. And it's like, that, I, that should be a lesson to all of us to like, you know, you can surpass and you can do anything crazy that, that you put your mind to, but like, but it is a craft and it does take that that artistic diligence, which, you know... I don't show up to set and just I'm Richard Jewell. Like that takes some weird soul searching and work. And uh, whereas I can show up on Cobra Kai and just there are some you know, I, yeah I can have fun. I yeah. can you know so there are some things where you can kind of do oh, yeah. not bare men, but where you can slip into it a little bit. Yeah, like I never did Brooklyn Nine Nine, but like I would imagine if someone cast me in a guest star on Brooklyn Nine Nine, like I just show up and be like, okay, I I'm funny. Let's roll. Yeah. Um, and I'm very lucky that that's a thing. Yep. But drama, I th- I think drama. I hate that when they say comedy, that dying is easy. Comedy's hard. They have like those catchphrases yeah. and stuff. It's like no, it's not. If you do comedy, it's not hard. It's like saying to a tall guy like dunking's hard. It's like no, it's not. It's I'm tall. I'm seven foot tall. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was dra- like, you're the tallest seven year old ever. <laughs> tiptoes, got it. Uh, but uh, but drama, I really do believe drama's hard, and, yeah. and that's why I. My heroes are not all SNL alumni. They're mostly these warped character actors like like Rockwell and Mike Shannon. Um, well, you're one of my heroes, especially because when I reconnected with you at my show that in the round funny. at Supernova over on Hollywood and Whitley, go check it out. That they show have show shows all the time. And I look in the audience and I see you, and you were wearing, what T-shirt were you wearing? It was, because I saw that first. I constantly wear pro wrestling t-shirts. Maybe it was a wrestling shirt. It might have been. Remember. And it was something where I it just was, you know, if there's a shirt that sticks out sometimes, I'm looking to make some some sure. small talk bullshit. I I I saw it. It wasn't it wasn't a Dr Pepper shirt. I feel like it was something Pepsi. That's what it was. And on a pe- like a vintage old school Pepsi uh insignia. So I saw that and I didn't know what was going to come from it, but it just made me want to start talking to you. And then I looked down at the shirt first and then kind of did a pan up to the face and was like Mid bit while I'm talking, like I'm just registering this, and I was like, "Oh shit!" So then I was like, "Well, now I'm not gonna like involve you or bust your balls or or call you out." You, you actually know? just you actually just were really nice. You like mm. complimented me, and then suddenly, well, you got a to dozen leave. people looked over. At, well, it was before I left because after you were the first person to point it out, then Brad and a couple other people went on, like three other comics, and then every comic had a moment where they'd look at me and like give me like a nod or a wink of respect or call me out. And then you came up after like three other comics, and we're gonna do the bit with the piano guy. Yeah. And I was getting oh, that's up to right. leave, and you were like, "Oh, that's you right." You did a big thing, and like just were like, "Ladies and gentlemen, Richard Jewell or whatever." And I was like, "Holy shit!" No, I was like one of the greatest actors of our generation. <laughs> and then you started to walk out because you were like, "I go, I go, really, Paul, you're leaving?" And you go, yeah. "Sorry, man, I gotta get to some." And then I, yeah, I went up there with Avery Pearson. We started doing some piano stuff, and then we started improvising a so song about you leaving and like walking out on our dreams. And you just, dude, in classic like. True artist, comic, like just gangster fashion. You slowly turn as we're singing to you, and you start to walk back. 
you put your finger in your mouth and you do like this funny thing, and then you start doing this really. You did like a high kick and a spin. I danced a little bit and you, I took my shirt. off. You took your shirt off, and then you just start like, and people start going nuts, and then start once people start to kind of pick up like, oh, and be like, oh shit, it's fucking that guy, and then everybody started like really just getting <laughs> into it, and then you had this moment at the end of it where you like you know close out the whole bit. Where you just wrecked, like, you almost felt like you were in a trance. Yeah, I acted like I broke the trance and I felt my body and went, oh, and quickly just like. Quickly covered up and ran out, dude. And it was just like, you know, very few people would would take that on. And that was awesome. At the end of the day, I don't need to be remembered for working with Clint Eastwood. I definitely, whenever I'm, whenever God calls my number, I really hope the only thing anyone focuses on is. Oh, that dude dropped his pants at my high school graduation. It was the greatest. <laughs> like that, that matters to me exponentially more than I, because at the end of the day, like, isn't it fun to, isn't it just fun to make people laugh and yeah. just goof around? Yeah. And like when they think people are just, nobody knows who I am still. It's like still a thing where I'm still trying to make my way. But when people do call me out, it's way more fun to lean into who I am than lean into who they think I might be. Love that. And so if I can spill a drink on myself in a Zoom to get a joke, or like keeps you make you, an right? announcement in public that's unnecessary. Yeah. Like it's about self amusement, giving them a memory, and they get to have fun too. I know? love that. All right, we're gonna close this out. Uh, Inside the Actor Studio was one of my favorite shows. R.I.P. James Lipton, not here. You no doubt would have been on at some point. So we're gonna wow. do Lipton's ten Whoa. question final questionnaire to get to know uh, Paul wow. uh, Hauser. Wow. W W right? Paul W. Paul W. Hauser. First question. Here with Paul W. Hauser. Oh, what is your favorite word? My favorite word is probably um, recalcitrant. And what the fuck does that mean? I think re- I think recalcitrant is at least alluding to um, someone being uncooperative. I love that. What is your least favorite word? <laughs> uh, my least favorite <laughs> word is... Um, oh, God. I think my least favorite word is probably no. It hurts too much. What turns you on? What turns me on? Um, Sexually or not? (laughs) Sexually, tan lines. Um, (laughs) Not non-sexually. What turns me on? What turns me on is people in their element Mm. where they can only be themselves. Awesome. What turns you off? Um, Accusations. Uh, accu- let me let me rephrase it. Accusations that are less rooted in truth and more rooted in uh, an attitudinal stance. What is your favorite curse word? Mm, it's I mean it's probably fuck because it's just so accessible to everything. Do you hit the F hard or more of a CK man or a TK man? How many chairs should we set up for the room? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm a U-man. Fuck! Love that. Yeah, maybe it's that. I don't know. What sound or noise do you love? Um, the sound uh, when like a two-year-old starts to say full-on sentences and it just sounds like it's out of a cartoon and not real life. So funny, dude. What a very specific and hilarious observation. That it's is wonderful. Because you get like pieces of the sentence. You start to understand that they're trying to convey something and just the, can't get it. The cookie... Is chocolate chip cookie? You know, like that sentences like that. Yeah, dude. It's the best. Which I feel like is how I'm gonna talk when I'm like ninety if I make it to that. That's how I'm gonna talk if I keep smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> the cookies. cookies. 
chocolate cookie. <laughs> Paul, we've been done with the podcast for six real hours of human time. Paul, they're closing the 7-Eleven, man. We got to go. You're dying of liquid They're death. closing 7-Eleven? I thought they were 24 hours. The 7-Eleven is 24-7? <laughs> if that's not a fucking... If that's not... <laughs> that sounds like a Tony... Put it in a meme. <laughs> Make me internet famous. That sounds Make like a care. vocal warm of Tony Danza back on the set of Who's the Boss. The 7-Eleven is 24-7. <laughs> the 7-Eleven is 24-7. ba doo ba doo ba da ba doo ba doo ba da Back when he was... The... <laughs> ba doo ba do ba da You made me turn him into a, a Muppet. Murder's burning, murder's murder. Swedish chef. The Swedish chef, dude. Oh, man. One of the most underrated Muppets Where's on that, that show. Where's that Guy goes to La Cordon Bleu. You said that. Doesn't was, know he's gonna. You said that with so much fucking sincerity, dude. Where the fuck is that movie, huh? Where's the Grover movie? I'm not talking about Cleveland. I mean the blue guy. <laughs> By the way, shout out to my man for wearing that Green Bay hat. Go pack, go. Same here. I, I, I'm becoming more and more a fan of Aaron Rodgers, man. Dude, he's the coolest. I, I did a sketch with him for the ESPYS. He was awesome. What? Super cool. He his favorite movies are like Princess Bride, My Python, and The Holy Grail, and Big Lebowski. Oh, like, he's got he the gets best it. taste in movies. Yeah, that rules. Sorry, Mr. Lipton, you're totally screwing me over on my quest. Oh, man. Uh, my big moment. Sean Penn sat in this chair. Better restaurant. Better restaurant. Popcornopolis. Or, or <laughs> the Cheesecake Factory. I don't know. I love a menu with nine thousand <laughs> options. <laughs> You must be speaking of Popcornopolis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what sound or noise do you hate? Um, sound or noise do I hate? Um, the sound of somebody doing that clicking thing where they'll just go. Oh, yeah. What is that? And it's like, is there a fucking There's no point to that. clock in your esophagus? What it's is not, that noise? It's not like cracking your knuckles where you feel like you're like releasing something. No. That is just like truly to be annoying it's not satiation it's 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 your own anger that you're taking out in a minuscule fashion yeah where's that biopic that's a good t-shirt by the way where's what? that biopic? how do we put the title the title is the sound how do we put that in the, i don't know how to phonetically how do we do it what profession other than your own would you like to attempt uh, in the words of Kate Hudson playing Drew Barrymore in the spoof of Inside the Actors Studio in the late 90s SNL, a knife maker. Oh, my God. What a fucking great answer. What profession would you not like to do? Um, I don't think I would be a very good male model. Mm. I don't know. When we worked out and I was able to come uh, work out with Paul, uh, which, uh, by the way, you're crushing it. And we're crushing it, Thanks, and our, you're looking great. To go, you're looking yeah. great. Thanks, man. Um, you generously came out of the locker room, showered and clean, waxed and taxed and vaxed, and you came out and you, I think, tied your shirt up and then leaned up against the wall <laughs> effortlessly. Yeah. And I grabbed That's, a couple uh, shots to send to J.C. Penny Kids, and they have not responded yet. But, but that you doesn't mean no. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Um, oh, it's a bit. We got you there. We got you there. We got you there. No, All right. You, you I'll le- settle for Sears and Roebuck. I don't need JCP. <laughs> you leaned up on that door thing very. Oh, yeah. I showed you the basement. 
I showed off the basement like it was the like it was the foyer. Yeah, but you had a lot of like natural swag as far as like in the pose department, which that's what you need. I feel like as a model, right? You got to be comfy in front of the lens. And 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 a visible Adam's apple is part of it too. I'll bet. And I'm not there yet. One thousand percent. I'm not there yet. It's somewhere little... behind that <laughs> turkey <laughs> gobble. <in> my... <laughs> Freaking Santa sack in my front of the, front of my face. The Adam's apple, or I feel like, um, you know, a little bit of crack, you know. At ass crack? Damn. <laughs> what other type of crack is there? Ladies and gentlemen, you need somebody to uh, <laughs> unclog your pipes. <laughs> is this a Jenny's commercial? <laughs> All right, last question. Jenny's, you smell the you smell the veritable sugar in your in your nose. And some guy just comes up and starts massaging your clavicle with his thumb, just rotating counterclockwise going, what's your favorite flavor? <laughs> and I go, ah! not now, Bo Bridges. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why. I don't know why Bo Bridges works at Jenny's? Not now, uh, French is it, Stewart. Is that the guy from the movie The Wizard? <laughs> Um, I love that he just brought up the wizard. Toby oh. Maguire's on-screen debut, I believe. Shut up. Simon, is that right? Is he My Fred Simon Simon's Bennett knows brother? Toby. No, the kid The kid who's the gamer is the kid who would go on to star in Little Big League. Yes. Uh, 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 Luke, Luke Evans. Evans. Yeah. No, Luke Edwards. Edwards. Luke Evans is... Is uh, Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. I mean, so I've heard. I don't watch that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking read an article once, and I was forced to read for a part about how dope Disney movies are. I only eat weights and lift chicken wings. <laughs> um, wait, what was the last question? Sorry. Cut to you singing A Whole New World, both parts, in a Thailand oh, karaoke bar. Do you know that Some song? Some of the ideas aren't going to be shows. I don't know if I can sell that. I know. You I don't travel- know if I can sell that to the Travel Channel. You doing karaoke all over the world? You know, real she quick. She bangs, she bangs. <laughs> <laughs> By episode five, I'm not really into it. My heart's not into it. Oh, Dennis, baby, when she moves. Dennis Haskins, who played Mr. Belding on uh, Say by oh, the Bell. I know who Dennis Haskins is. He was I one had of the childhood f- also. He was one of the fr- <laughs> he was one of the first celebs I met out here. Oh yeah, at, at the place Dimples. in Burbank. Yeah. yeah, and he was telling me how he was trying. He had ladies all around him, and he was like trying to tell us how he was trying to get VH1 to do a show about him doing karaoke um, in Burbank. And oh, I was my. like, I'd watch the fuck out of that. And I remember my buddy afterwards being like, "You were real supportive of that idea." I was like. <laughs> You wouldn't watch that. I was being genuine. You he's like, I know. I just, he's that. like, I was surprised at how much you wanted to see that show. Sounded like you were trying to join his posse. You wanted to be one of the Barker girls <laughs> the, underneath the Haskins. Wing. One of the Haskins beauties. <laughs> the theater guy? No, no, no. The, Dennis. The one time I went to Dimples, I only went one time. And saw him? 13, maybe. It was right before it closed down. Because mm. uh, I don't think it's up and running anymore. No. Uh, but I saw him there, and I was like, it's so weird because that's one of the things you hear when you move to L.A. Everybody's like, dude. I remember when I moved to L.A., Aaron Paul was like, dude, you got to go to the the Point Break musical. That was like a big thing back then. Cool. And then the other thing was everyone's like, go to Dimples. Mr. Belding's there every night with I two love girls who may or may not be from here. <laughs> <laughs> and a Jewish guy who's oddly supportive of his next project. Very supportive. Uh, last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh... You didn't do it perfect, but neither did anybody else. I love you. Here's an escalator. We heard you don't like stairs. Paul W. Hauser. 
You fucking rule, man. Hey. I love you, dude. Love you, man. God this, bless you. This was a really... Uh, there's got to be a better way to close these out. That's the second awkward fist bump I've done with someone. There's no audio. I'll tell you that much. It doesn't play. Fist bumps never play on podcasts. They don't, huh? No. Because you can't hear it. <laughs> Another great T-shirt. Fist bumps never play on podcasts. If you if a, with a, if a fist bumps in a podcast studio, uh, does it? What what is that? If a tree falls in the woods, thing. What yeah. Is it? If a tree falls in the woods. And no one's around to hear no it. To hear did it really? Did it, did it really, really fucking fall. fall? So what would the equivalent be for? How do we copy and paste that? If a if a fi, if a if fist bumps in a podcast studio, and nobody and, and you can't and you can't, and you hear, can't it. hear it, did then the did the, then bump? then was the podcast actually worth recording? Is this even real? Is this even real? If the Swedish Chef wasn't the third best Muppet, third best. Who are the first two then? Oh, I'm going to have to go hard in the paint with Fozzie because my first VHS tape was Are You As Funny As Fozzie Bear that my single mom Dude. bought me to, I guess, fill... Waka Waka, man. Waka Waka, waka, waka. man. Another great T-shirt. Fuck, dude. Picture a Swedish chef with Where's My bio <laughs> Biopic. <laughs> it's very funny. And then just Fozzie, Waka Waka, man. I love that. With Matthew McConaughey just in a fucking... Waka Waka, man. You know, by the way, when McConaughey is old, it's the charm's going to wear off. He'll call his agent and be like, I want to play Fozzie Bear in the Fozzie Bear biopic. <laughs> They're <laughs> like, hey, man, that's an email question. They go, listen, not even the Oscar. I'm sorry, doorstop. Is going to get you that one. Um, it's it's a it's a matter of when some of these guys are older, because yeah. it's one thing to mythologize. Yeah. It's one thing to aggressively mythologize yourself. But when you're older, you just by virtue of being elderly, you are going to forget everything. So by the time McConaughey is like 75, he's going to be like, yeah, man. So there I was. <laughs> Me, Bill Clinton, and Chris Tucker. We're on a flight to something called Epstein, and we're gonna be like, dude, this is not good. <laughs> Nine ah, people behind him. You're going, not on the manifest. <laughs> you're not on the flight. We can't use this in the book. Don't say it. <laughs> I had a green light. No, you did not no. have a green light. We told you not to go there. It's not a nonprofit. Place where a child. No. Uh. Um. But uh, I'll end on this. Hashtag Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> Ooh, hot take to be continued. Not even a hot take. Come on. Good <laughs> I just like God. I just like saying that. Good God. I like saying hot take or if someone, or this is what I used to do in I'm high school. I say hot pocket. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hot take. Just go, that's a pipe in hot pocket. You might want to cut that in half and let it breathe for a minute before you take a bite into that one. When I used to say jokes in high school that wouldn't go over well, especially with girls, I'd go, oh, you haven't seen that? And they're like, what? I was like, oh, it's from a movie. You haven't seen Pacino? And then I just do what I just said as, like, Pacino, an actor. Yeah. yeah. And they'd be like, I mean, I used to do that on the studio tour when I worked at Universal. I'd, like, be like, you guys, I'd tell the driver, i go, we got to stop. These bushes to oh your left gosh. before we go to Wisteria Lane. You might remember they were in the film Bushes and Bushes 2, Attack from the Bushes. You might remember that scene when Pacino was like, we got to get out of these bushes. bushes. And everyone's like, holy shit. Oh, and then they just start, oh, pictures, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, That's I, how I treated I would that just, job. I would just do it for movies I knew they hadn't seen. See that car? Jackie Earl Haley jerked <laughs> off in that car in the movie Little Children in 2006. Everybody's like, cool, where's Godzilla? <laughs> Dude, I was fumbling facts left and right. I was like, you guys remember that, remember that courthouse from Escape from L.A. starring Kurt Warner? And then everyone's like, <laughs> some one guy came up to me after. He goes, you know, it's Kurt Russell, not Kurt Warner. And I was like, yeah, man, I fucked up. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, I thought the movie scored a real touchdown. I thought it was a real great film. <laughs> Just double down. <laughs> oh, last thing I'll say yeah, is when please. I used to do stand-up, I used to give them fake intros. So back in 2013, 2014, I'd go, tell them you can now see him in the book of Eli and Grown Ups 2. And then they would go up and say it with no smirkage. 
and they just believe it. And then I get up there and then I'd be like, yeah, I'm not in either of those movies. And then immediately it's like, Oh my God. I love that. I did another bit where I would be up there with like a, a beer and I would say like, things have been really tough. I had to get sober recently and, um, my wife left me, but you know what? We got a son out of it. And blah, blah, blah. like, I would just like get really over because I can act. 70% of them aren't even looking at the beer in my hand. They're just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I go, you know, stand up. Like we all got to laugh. I take a sip of the beer and go, none of that's true. I'm holding a beer and I said I've been I'd sober for the pay top dollar to see that. It again. was so fun. That's well, sometimes someday you I know you got to put me on your lineup again. One thousand percent. And uh, this time I'll, I'll do I'll do ten minutes and fart around. It'll be fun. One thousand percent. You're a gangster. You are. Uh, I feel uh, lucky to uh, to be around at this chapter of your life uh, to see I it. Am. And you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because uh, hey, man, like. I don't know how you feel, and I feel like it's pretty positive and confident, but, like, dude, I feel like you're in a small handful of people that I feel lucky to know that are just fucking, like, this is a, you're going to look back and be like, yeah, that was my start, but, like, a fart in the wind comparatively to what's in store. I feel like that. Um, Truly. That, um... Want to get on my fuck swing? Sorry, dude. I'm not good with silence and emotion. No, I. Well, it's a podcast. <laughs> silence isn't supposed to be part of it, but um, but that means a lot. Yeah. More, more, more than you think, probably. And um, and I think the worst version of me is the guy who cares too much about the the elevation. Yeah. The best version is the guy who's still cracking the inappropriate joke in front of all the people who still don't really know his name. Good. And so I'm gonna, I'm You'll gonna never not that. be that guy. I, I'm, Look yeah, at I'm never sure. forget Supernova, dude. That was you, true and tried. Supernova. The show where you took oh, your shirt yeah. off. No, yeah. Yeah. If you ever feel like you're taking yourself I, too I, I seriously. I don't call it Supernova, though. What do you call I it? I call it the Adam Ray show. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.